Hello and welcome to the DMN Spotlight On podcast. We've been on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, this is Keith O'Brien and Perry Simpson, and we are here today to talk about. Well, we'll start with YouTube metric, uh, the recent news about mistakes in YouTube metrics, and and the larger um, conversation around uh, why this keeps happening specifically. Uh, for video analytics. How's it going, Perry? It's good, man. You know, it's the best it can be, I guess. <laughs> All right. These days. These days. Uh, so why don't you take a second to just, as best you can, summarize uh, what recently happened with YouTube. Sure. So uh, Variety reported on January 20th that uh, YouTube had released some, um, some uh, a bug. They, 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 they announced that there was a bug in their reporting on people's channels and then the playlist and pretty much any analytics that link back into the YouTube uh, video API or metrics API and uh, I mean it's, it's apparently a pretty small bug, bug a, a slight glitch that's just kind of uh, inflating uh, views a little bit uh, kind of reminiscent of a couple of years ago or maybe a year ago they had a similar issue with subscriber counts mm-hmm. uh, showing a, um, a little bit inflated uh, with you know inactive accounts and stuff like that so um, I believe action has been taken. There was kind of a, a brief you know, YouTube protest uh, of sorts where a bunch of creators were upset about the, the view counts and uh, it, it came out that this is why there was a bug. But um, it, it's, it's very similar to what happened about a year ago with Facebook. You right. Know? I, mean, I, I guess it's happened a bunch of times since. But uh, Yeah, so it seems that for whatever reason, maybe because it's the most ho- high profile, but uh, the, these analytics issues are happening with video and, and happening a lot. And so you have YouTube where, um, not surprisingly, the issue becomes most uh, pronounced for, what are we calling them these days, YouTubers? Yeah, YouTube, YouTubers, yeah. Where it's a it's a ego sport, and you know it's not just about um, you know advertising. It's a, when it was the follower count. It's who's the most popular. Same thing holds true, I guess, for video views. Um, so, <clears throat> and Facebook's issue uh, was seemingly one of reporting. So, you know, we could get into the granularity of the technological issues as best we understand them, but I think it's more appropriate just to talk about, okay, so we have two, two of the largest, probably, no, the, the, largest. the two largest providers of uh, video content, both having issues within a year of each other of, of inflated um, video view count. So uh, what do you think, you know, how, how big of a deal is this for marketers not knowing what, what, you know, if they don't believe the numbers they see, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I, well, first I think it's important to acknowledge that I think what will happen with Facebook is probably more strategic, like an issue of strategy. Right. Like there wasn't necessarily a bug. They, they, they were counting views after three seconds and pre-rolling uh, for three seconds. So it was much more intentional, I feel like, from Facebook. 
and YouTube's is clearly like kind of a technical issue. Right. But uh, either way, it, it is pretty problematic if you're, you know, a marketer or anybody creating video content that you want to mon- monetize, and you have uh, within a year both of your major platforms are reporting issues. Like it's kind of problematic because you're spending money. Against, right. And if you're a big brand, you're spending a lot of money against marketing video. And video is such a hot, you know, button. You know, it's, it's a hot piece of collateral these days. So when you can't trust these reports i mean i don't know i'm not sure that you that you wouldn't do video less because where else would you do it right you know right well i think so so as you say the from what i understand the facebook issue every view what it didn't impact any advertisements because the views were being it wasn't a bug, as you said, it was a strategy. So in the case of YouTube, does this mean that they have to rebate or pro or or charge more for advertisers? Have they addressed that? Or is it just about the, the actual content? You know, I haven't heard a whole lot about that uh, since. I just know they, were, they, they acknowledged that there was a bug and that they were working on a fix. I, I mean, I can't call it, but I, I highly doubt they would do something like that. You know, like they should rebate something because it, I don't think it would, it, you know, necessarily impact your, you know, ability. The free roll. Yeah, I mean, because it, it's just, I guess if you're, if you're an advertiser like looking for an influencer, for instance, and you right. went to their page and you see they have oh, like PewDiePie, for instance. Right. He's got 15 million subscribers or whatever. When he actually might have 14 million eight hundred thousand. You know well, I mean? But that's that's a subscriber. Is YouTube saying that they were? This is where you get really sort of you want to wrap your head around technologically what happened. Is YouTube saying that, I guess if the views weren't happy, so with YouTube, it's the counter's wrong, but every video that was shown, I guess the videos that they miscalculated, it's not like they were showing an ad on them, so they don't, there, there aren't any advertisers being mischarged. I don't, I don't think so. No, this, this just seems like a just kind of a disturbing thing to happen. Right. Or it's, I don't think it's inher- inherently problematic. It's just speaking to the larger issue. That right. This is twice now. Yeah. So the the larger issue, I think, is, um, and I'll be as uh, um, as vague about this as to not, you know not specifically say why I'm saying this, but it's a sign of the times where there are so many false things out there that at some point in time, people stop believing any metrics. I think that's alternative the... Alternative metrics. Alternative yeah. metrics. I think that's the the thing that we're sort of on the surface of. Um, you know, we are... Obviously, as a publishing company, we have our own metrics. We have our own video metrics. And you can just see what happens if there's a glitch in the system, um, whether it's your analytics team making the glitch or the analytics platform, you just sense that there's this this lessening of trust in the numbers themselves. And I could see this manifesting itself to be that advertisers are, brands and advertisers are 
less likely, you know, you brought up a great point. If you want to do video, it's not like you're going to do it somewhere else. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that doing it somewhere else, you're not going to run into the same issues. But perhaps it gives you pause to move more of your budget in whatever budget does not exist in digital towards digital. Um, it also, you know, it can pervade everything. So if you are a brand marketer and, you know, you're doing content videos for various products and you were making operational decisions based off of the totality of the exposure any of your content um, got, you know, if you're if you stop believing in the metrics or you start doubting the metrics, it, a lot of things break down from that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I will say that in a lot of ways, it's kind of not only is it a mark of the times, but it's also a hallmark of the format. I mean, if you're working with numbers like analytics, there's kind of always an inherent margin of error. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Especially if you have if you don't have complete control over, you know, the processes that are collecting the data. So with a, with a case like YouTube, if you if you if you, if you've already allocated budget to advertising on YouTube, and you know you're receiving reports from them, you, you got to understand that there's gonna be probably some margin, some error. In right. There. Like, there has to be. There's bots, all this. So there's there's something that's gonna be a slightly amiss. Now with like a Facebook, like with that example, that's something that is you know, I'm not that that's a bit harder to combat because. You you would see that you know all the all the big articles we even wrote one here where oh Facebook's got you know four billion I believe uh, you know, video views within a couple months you know it's very exciting so you're like hey let's throw some money behind that right and then it comes like oh wait no those are all just kidding yeah yeah <laughs> and so so that is very problematic and that you can't really account for that right you know but again like I don't know where you would go other than Facebook and YouTube at this yeah point. and and the the I think the issue is it's never so it's never so stark as to be oh actually all the video views that you thought you got you got none of them mm -hmm. it's uh, it's just sort of that you know the nagging feeling you might have if you're if you stop trusting the metrics because they're one percent off or three percent off yeah. and you know that happens occasionally but if it keeps happening for all these service providers especially for um brand or, or platforms that who's who kind of keep third-party analytics platforms at bay mm -hmm. so you know facebook has been criticized for its closed ecosystem, as it were, for analytics. So if Facebook's the only one telling you the views, yeah. and then suddenly they say, sorry, we were wrong, then it just it keeps coming at you to say, I don't know what numbers to trust, and I don't know who to trust. And I think that's probably, that's, that right there is the main problem we're dealing with. Um, a handful of log gardens here, uh, really two when it comes to video, YouTube and Facebook, and I guess you could probably say Snapchat is, is, is coming along as well. But at the end of the day, if you're a business, you do not have, like, you don't own Google or Facebook. Right. You cannot control Google or Facebook, and they will not, dive, they have no incentive to divulge their entire analytics apparatus to, to your, you know, BI platforms. Like, right. it's not going to happen. So, 
they're gonna tell you what whatever you know they want. I mean, we 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 hope that they're telling the truth, and most of the time, I think they are. But unfortunately, this is just kind of what we have to deal with. So not much to be done. To to slightly pivot to to snap, um, or I guess you still if you're referring to Snapchat, the product you still call the, the, Snapchat. Uh, yeah, that's I don't know. I say Snapchat for both, but okay. I guess I'm talking so about yeah. Snap owns Snapchat. Yeah. Pivoting to Snapchat. So, a lot of people, some people think that they've provided perhaps a new template for the next iteration of a social network that they came out early and held to it for a long time to say, you know. The metrics are what we give you. They're very mm-hmm. sparse. You know, we don't want this to necessarily be a platform that um, is fixated on brand metrics. Yeah. Are they? Do you think they're still going to be able to hold that line? Or are they going to? Are they going to? Especially if they go public, are they going to have to start? It seems like starting with Instagram social media platforms or probably even started with Facebook offer very little metrics to begin with mm-hmm. and talk a tough talk about, you know, we're user centric. We, you Don't know, like advertisers. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then they always succumb. And then, you know, you have WhatsApp potentially doing uh, data deals, which they said they would never do. So yeah. is Snapchat just going to follow the same formula as everyone else? Or can they somehow, keep that cool factor going and brands will throw tons of money into it despite not really knowing what it does. Oh, well, let's see them try and stick to it. I mean, like you said, time and time again, when these companies had their IPO, they just, I think, I think what you get is you get a lot of the people who would probably advertise on your platform. They're investors and they have like key stake in the company and they're probably going to your board meetings and everything like that. And they're putting an intense pressure on you to be more friendly to brands. So inevitably, you're going to be more friendly to brands. I would love to see Snapchat, you know, rebel a little bit, but reality is, and history tells, they probably won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to there's going to be another Snap in 2018 probably that is the new like rogue, new kid on the block with the you know ephemeral, you know, right. We're super anti advertising. Like it's going to well, happen again. And it's it's going to. I mean, things tend to zig when they zag. So. Maybe the next thing will be every post you do is permanently <laughs> it lasts forever. It's it's it you you post something and then there's a three D concrete printout and it's attached to you for the rest of your life. There's already like these archive sites that are cropping up because of people deleting their tweets and all that, like right. celebrities. There's these things are getting pretty big, so I could totally see like a the next iteration of Twitter being something where you you post it and it's there. It's, it's there forever. It's yeah. already, it already effectively is that anyway, but, right. you know. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's the Wayback Machine. There's the Internet yeah. or Archive. And there's just, like, you know... It, it, I wonder if... Here's where I wouldn't be able to know technologically, but could Twitter... Because how do tweets last forever? Someone screen grabs it immediately. Yeah. I'm wondering if there was a technology that Twitter could implement that would block any screen grabbing. Because didn't I thought at the beginning Snapchat you couldn't 
Yeah, Snapchat was like it was it was like uh, and then encrypted, I believe, as well. I mm-hmm. think it was. But yeah, you you were snapping within like um, seventeen seconds or some arbitrary number. It, it would just disappear unless the person didn't see it. Right, but I, I thought at the beginning you you couldn't even screen grab. Yeah, yeah, no, they yeah, they would they would um, pre- pre- prevent that. I don't know how they, but well, I guess it'd be right. easier to do that on the phone. Yeah, it's very specific. Yeah, yeah. With, with, a, with a computer. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of bots that run now that screen grab crap. You know, you can't really yeah. block that, you know? And if you try, the hackers will win every time, just like they just beat Facebook with the ad blocking. Like, you're not going to win that, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It'd, it'd be interesting to see for sure. I mean, I think either way, it's something that <clears throat> brand Like, I just think this is a very uncomfortable space for brands, like, mm-hmm. in general. Like, because there is no control. I mean, personally, I think that's great. I, I think it makes... It forces you to be more scrappy and nimble, right. more agile. But I can totally see, like, the you know, if, if you're used to throwing a bunch of ad dollars behind, like, your Super Bowl commercial, and you got all this control, and you know when it's going to run and all this stuff, and then you get thrust into this space where not only do you have no control, but these people can tell you that your video or your app was viewed 17 million times, and really... It either wasn't, or people only watched three seconds of it. Right. You know, like it's it's just it's it's a weird time, a good time though. Yeah, I, I you know I think I guess what I come back to is all right. So having uh, some glitches with analytics happens. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. And for the social media plat for the platforms for YouTube and Facebook, they either acknowledge that it's gonna happen and have a plan in place when it does, or they could be more forthcoming, more sort of, you know, openly communicating about their metrics. And yeah. They they've clearly have taken the former approach. We'll deal with it when we have to deal with it. Otherwise our metrics are unimpeachable and and don't really talk about them and maybe that's the smarter play but I know marketers would much rather have an open dialogue with those platforms about you know the the um, fragility or the fallibility of the, yeah. the metrics I'm sure most marketers would prefer that but the thing is like like I said I mean it's their their playground yeah so if you want that go ahead and you know get you a venture capitalist and, and get <laughs> build you, your own yeah, video build your own yeah and share your metrics so out a hundred percent transparency and, and watch them crush you because they probably will yeah well um, so this is obviously uh, something that we'll be covering uh, so the you know if you made it this far to the end probably should have said this at the beginning but our uh, spotlight on podcast is um, it's effectively triggered when we realize that we've been writing about a topic enough or having an internal conversation enough that it's uh, a good fodder for a, a live dialogue um, which Perry and I have just had so uh, you can obviously find us on iTunes if you're streaming this on the site, on uh, the DMN Spotlight on Podcast. And until then, we'll uh, see you the next time. Absolutely.